welcome to Momentum Church. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, you know, there's some Sundays where I'm just really looking forward to, I mean, every Sunday I'm looking forward to seeing you, okay? I'll just be honest. But there's some weeks where it's just like, I'm just looking forward to seeing and being with our church family. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm looking at all y'all today, and if it's, I don't know if it means anything to you, but man, thank you just for being so special. You know, I, I, I know as a pastor, it's just an honor to serve you guys, and then it's just never as lost on me. And for whatever reason, all week, I just could not get, wait like to get here and see you all, all right? So I applaud you today, and I love you guys, and I'm looking forward to bringing the Word of God to you today, man. That's just a, an honor and a privilege I get. Um, if you don't know who I am, I'm Ross. I'm the lead pastor around here, and so um, just get such an honor to be able to week to week bring you the Word of the Lord. And um, another thing that we had that was amazing this week, Wednesday night was our night of worship, and I just want to speak to that just for a second. What we've been doing is every month, one month we do a night of prayer, the next month a night of worship, the next month a night of prayer, and so on. And this month, it was the night of worship. Man, it was amazing seeing our young adults, our teenagers, seeing even our, our children with families, just here worshiping the Lord. And um, at one moment, I looked over, and Arden, my six-year-old, she's on her face before God. And, you know, I'm looking going, okay, I, she's, she's modeling what her mama's doing, you know, because Amy was on her face before the Lord. And, and so in that moment, I'm looking at that and just wondering how much is, is just uh, modeling and, and, and copying but then she looks up, and tears are running down her face. And Amy asked her if she was okay, and she said, It's just happy crying, Mama. Man, at six, she felt the presence of the Lord. Amen? Whew, that's powerful. And, uh, and I just pray this is always a house where we feel and sense the presence of the Lord. Have you felt the presence of the Lord here today? Amen? Amen? I just pray that God makes himself known always as we gather together in this place. And I'm um, trying to get my iPad. There we go. Trying to get it to open up. I want you to open your Bibles this morning, back where we were at last week. Let's open it to Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to be concluding our Doors series. How many enjoyed this series? Yeah, yeah, it's been a good, good series as we've been looking to see the idea that every decision that we make in life is a doorway into what's next. Decisions are like doorways into what's next for us. And years ago, I had taught my staff this principle of guarding your heart to not make statements at the door, all right? What do you mean by that, Ross? Well, a statement at the door. We've all been there before. We've had a friend who is like, it's my way. That's how it's going to be. If you don't like it, anybody have a friend like that? Anybody married, married to somebody? Like, shh, shh. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. What they're wanting you to do is placate. In that moment, they're wanting you to go, oh, it's, it's all right. Come, come back and keep talking. It's okay. I'll submit my opinions, my thoughts, my wishes, my desires upon the holy altar of your ego. You guys never experienced something like that? Is it just me? Or are you just too nervous, right? And so that, that's a, it's a, it's a technique. It's, I call it a statement at the door. Because basically in that moment, it's like everybody acquiesces in the room Please, please, come on, just whatever. Or they placate, okay, have your way, have your way. Or they draw the line and the guy walks out and I'm done. That settles it. I broke this in the first service. Last day of the door, so it's okay. 
but they slam the door. They're done physically. It's like, like emotionally, relationally, it's like it's done, right? It's hard to lead people that make statements at the door. And years ago, we had had this season where I was really trying to bring new people around the team. So rather than just have a staff meeting, I was having very much an extended staff meeting week to week. And we, a lot of the people on the staff meeting have heard me teach this before. We don't make statements at the door. When we have a difference of opinion, we talk through those things. We don't draw lines and make ultimatums. And, you know, we're just not going to do that. You don't get anywhere with that. Amen? All right, if you've been, okay, I'm not going to say it. I'm about to say that. I was going to say, well, I will say it. If you're on your like fifth, sixth marriage, you probably understand that. Okay? Just saying, all right? may not have been your fault. I'm saying the other person. It's always the other person. Smile. All right? All I'm getting at is those statements at the door don't work. They don't keep things moving. Everybody say forward. So my staff know this. So we had a, a, a person that was on the team for a little while who was at the table and had made a statement so strong, and there was some opposition. And our teams usually has pretty good unity, but there was some opposition, which is good. You want opposition, especially when you're trying to be creative. Amen? You want that give and take, that back and forth. And so, you know, with it, this statement was made. It was a little bit of tense moment, and the person literally stood up got upset, walked over by the door downstairs and was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and said their last statement, thinking everybody in the room is just going to be like, okay, we'll bow to the, to the throne of your ego. Remember how I said? And, 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 but here's what happened. One of our guys on our team went, there's the door. <laughs> and guess what? The guy took it <laughs> and walked out. Now, I tell that story. Why? Because the, the, the person had a lot of influence. They were doing a lot of great things. You wouldn't know who they were. This is years and years and years ago. But they made that statement at the door. There was no place to move forward from there except just to leave. And in that moment, all that influence is gone. All that connection is gone. All that relationship is gone. It's just, it was one of those things. But sometimes in life, when there are frustrating moments and things in your life, it's important to be able to say, hey, I'm not going to get looped into this cycle, this revolving door. That's what I want to talk today about. I want to talk about revolving doors in our life. And sometimes in our life, we can get into a situation where you've been hurt by another person or you went through something that hurts you so much that you just couldn't shake it. And it's like you're in a revolving door. I want to get out here but I just can't. I, I'm brooding. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I want to find a way out, but I just, I just can't. And you get locked into a revolving, a revolving door. And we go through many doors in life from one experience to another, but once in a while, we will get stuck. Yeah, remember I said doors are passageways into what's next? Sometimes we get stuck, though. I can, I can remember years ago at a hospital when one of the children was born. I can't remember which one. We've had five. And my mother was down. And there was a revolving door. And my mama Wiseman, she's such a sweetheart, they don't have revolving doors in Pikeville, Kentucky. Let's just say that. So Mama Wiseman gets on that door and it goes around. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And it goes around again. Help me. I, I, and it's a poor mother is locked in the revolving door, you know. As cute as all get out. So I had to jump on the thing with her and ride around with her with her on my arm. Okay, mama, we're gonna get out right here. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get out right now. And if my mother's listening, I love you. And it's all true. Everything I just said. And you're, you're a wonderful mother, I think. But, but this is what happens. So <laughs> how many's ever been trapped between where you, you, you've been and where you want to be? 
trapped on that revolving door. And I'm going to label the revolving door because today I'm dealing with this frustration, this, this tension that we feel from experiences and from people. And so I'm going to label it the revolving door of revenge and regret. All right? The revolving door of revenge and regret. When it comes to regret, this is that idea that I can't forgive myself over something. You know, I regret this experience. Or, or maybe it's a situation that's happened. So you can't get over yourself or you can't get over a situation. And there's a sense of regret. And it's easy to get locked into this loop, in this loop of frustration. And you're not moving forward. You're just commiserating in this, this revolving door of regret. The other revolving door is that of revenge. And that's when you can't forgive another person. They will never, I tell you, they will never do that to me again. That's the last time. It will be this. It'll be that. If they ever come near me, I And you get locked in that revolving door of, of revenge. What I want you to see, let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Because last week we finished with the idea that God has given us some keys. Now watch this. Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let me ask you something. If you are locked in a door, a revolving door, don't you need some keys, amen? Like, think about it. I can't get off this thing. I can't get out of this thing. I need some keys. And I'm here to tell you today, Jesus has given you some keys, He's given you the power that you need to bind and to loose. Last week I told you to open or close. There's some things in your life that you leave yourself open to that you need to close. There's some things in your life that you leave yourself closed to that you need to open. But guess what? It's your choice. It's your decision and that decision you make will open your life up to what is next. It's just too often when it comes to revenge and regret, we get locked in a cycle and we can't get out. But God has given you the authority, the power, the choice to bind and to loose, to close and to open. All right. So do you, when you're going through life, do you have to live the life that, 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 that has chosen you? All right. The life that's happening to you. Everything happens to me. They're always doing this to me. I never get things happening the way I want it to happen. Everything always happens to me. So do you have to live the life that's happening to you, that, that's chosen you in a sense? Or can you live the life that you're choosing? Now, obviously, under the leadership and leading of the Holy Spirit, amen, but a life that's not happening to you but through you, that in partnership with God, in decisions that you're making, to get past revenge and regrets in those decisions that you're making, that you're experiencing what is next for you, instead of just being locked in this cycle of regret, revenge, unforgiveness, anger, and so on. Amen? So the power to bind and to lose, that's that power to choose, to open, to close, to do something. And here's what we see in the Greek. The word loose that is here is luo. Luo. Everybody say luo. Luo. And it means a few things, because obviously Jesus wasn't just giving us authority for ourselves. We have a power and authority to loose demonic presences that are over people's lives, causing them to be sick, depressed, going through all sorts of things. Amen? Do you believe that? That we have as his emissaries, as Jesus' emissaries, that we, can, we have healing in our hands because of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. We can bind and we can loose. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. To loose any person tied or fastened. 
Number two, to loose one bound, to unbind, to release from bonds, to set free. Yes, you have that authority in your life to open, to close, to loose, to bind. Number three, to discharge from prison. Number four, to do away with, to deprive of authority. And we'll get to that before we finish, that number fourth one, okay? But I just want you to see this authority, this power that you have to bind and to loose, to open and to close. And I want to challenge you, don't let regret and revenge choose for you. Don't let regret and revenge make decisions for you because every decision is a door into what's next in your life. And never does a decision made in anger ever have much fruit that's lasting or good. Amen? How many's made some decisions in anger before? Yeah, you're stuck in that, in that trench, if you will, or in that, 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 that um, rut. And man, you're just frustrated and the decisions you're making with your spouse and your business and church and whatever it is, it just flows out of a place of, of anger. You know, decisions in anger, if you think about it, if we're not careful, they'll cause a lasting chill in the once warm heart of a marriage to take place. If we make in our relationships, if we allow that cycle of revenge or regret just to, to, to manifest so much in our minds and our hearts, man, it'll make an eight-hour day at work feel like you had a double shift. You've been there before. That work made of mine. Ooh, mm, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Maybe you're a student, and at school you're, you're, you're making these decisions in anger. You're, you're kind of in that locked in that regret and revenge kind of mindset. And man, it's making you walk the halls at school feeling like you are all alone. Nobody knows the pain I'm experiencing. Nobody knows the hurt I have. Now listen, this isn't just a sermon dealing with the hurt that you have from another person, because some things are just regrets. You're frustrated because things haven't turned out the way you wanted them to turn out. And I get that. I, when I went deaf, I was so angry. I didn't talk to God for three months. Pastor. No, I'm being honest. Do you know how bad those sermons were? They were bad. I still had to preach. You know? You work at the factory. I'm never mashing that button again. You know, I, man, I, I still got to come up here and preach on Sundays. It was not a fun three months. But I was bitter and angry at God. Thing after thing after thing had happened. I had all these frustrations and regrets, you know, and I was angry. And literally, I told God, I don't trust you. Have you ever not trusted God? I told him this. This was my ver I said, I don't trust you, and I don't talk to people I don't trust. I'm not talking to you. That was my prayer life for three months. I'm serious. I don't trust people. If I don't trust people, I don't talk to them. I'm not talking to you. Yeah. Now you know what kind of pastor you have. That was probably about 12, 13 years ago, you know, something like that, maybe 14, a while. But it was tough. I, so it was a regret. It was an anger at the Lord. It was a frustration that I just couldn't shake, and it was causing me to be bitter. Some of my friends that are here today that was with this ball back then, you remember, man, I was just bitter and angry and frustrated, you know? Yeah. And I was letting those decisions that I was making in that frustration Lock me into this cycle of, of revenge and regret and, and anger and bitterness. You know, when it comes to church, if you're not careful and you're carrying those, those feelings and you're making decisions out of anger, what will happen at church is you'll create a house of worship into a house of warfare. It'll feel as if you're, you're standing against people that are supposed to be your, or your advocates and your friends, and, and it'll feel a tension. Revenge and regret. Does that make sense? 
You may even have heard yourself say that before. I'll give that person a piece of my mind. You know what the problem with that is? Most of the time when you do that, you end up just standing there still angry with one less piece of mind than you started with. (laughs) Doesn't fix anything, does it? So here's the neat thing, though, all right? It sounds pretty sad today. It's like, oh, my gosh, bring some hope, Ross. There is hope, amen? And the reason why is I've been teaching you how doors are for entering, all right? So you make a doorway, it's for an entry. What's next in my life? So I make a decision, and doorways are for entering. But guess what? Doorways are also for leaving. They're for stepping away from all that stuff. Amen? Mama, she finally got off that revolving doorway. She needed me helping her on my arm, just like maybe you need help today. I'm here to take your arm, honey, and get you out of this revolving doorway. Doorways are for leaving. Amen? I want to show you how we step away from this, all right? And and remember what I said that that one guy said to the person in that staff meeting? There's the door. Can Can I have you just say real loud, there's the door? Say it one more time. You're absolutely right. There's the door. Because this revolving door of revenge and regret, there's always a door. And you know how I know that? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, God provides for us a way of escape so that we may be able to endure. There's a door. You have the keys. You have what it takes to not be locked into regret and revenge and to walk out into that freedom Again, you have what it takes because God has given you a door. There's a door. He's given you a way of escape. But if we're going to step out of the revolving door of regret and anger, there's a couple things we have to do. And the first one is you have to choose to step forward. All right? You have to choose to step forward. Years ago, went through some things relationally. And in that time, I allowed myself mentally to get locked into this revolving door of really it was revenge and anger and frustration, okay? And I couldn't see all the good that God was doing for months and months and months. I'm looking at Christine because she's a board member. Months and months and months, I could not see the good that God was doing. The church finances were up. Church attendance was up. You know what I mean? It was one of those things. But all I could think was, I can't believe that person did that to me. All I've ever done is serve. All I ever did, everybody go, wah. All I've ever, all I've ever done is be, be good to them, and they're going to they're gonna treat me bad. It's funny, but it's true. You've had your thumb in your mouth before also. So I'm just saying, we all have, right? And, <laughs> but I wasn't stepping forward. Decisions are doorways into what's next, but I wasn't exiting well. I wasn't. I was allowing myself to be locked in. And how you exit something determines how you walk into what's next in your life. If you exit a relationship poorly, guess what? You'll probably go into the next relationship poorly. If you exit in a place of employment poorly, you'll probably not learn and go into the next place of employment poorly. How you exit is very important. And I needed to learn some things when it came to being frustrated, not getting my desires done, what I want to accomplish, even when it's good desires, church desires. I just want to see this place touch people. And now I'm getting attacked. You know? (laughs) And you have to choose to step forward. And I didn't. For months and months, I was stuck in that revolving door of frustration and regret. I was stuck. And some of you guys can remember those seasons. Some of those that are closer in leadership, you can remember your pastor being stuck. 
Amen? And it was really the first time in my whole ministry. This month, or March, it was 29 years of preaching ministry. So when this happened a few years ago, it was the first time in my ministry I'd ever had really opposition. Like, really, you know? And it just, it just I wasn't prepared for it. It messed me up, you know? Why? My ego. That's okay. We all deal with that, don't we? But I stopped moving forward for probably six months. And then I had to make those decisions. No, I need to move forward. I can't get stuck here. How do I move forward, though? All right, ready? So the second thing, you have to choose to step forward. I'm getting off this, this revolving door thing. I'm not, I'm not going to stay in regret. I'm not going to stay in revenge mode. I'm stepping off. So the number two thing is you need to go back far enough until you see the truth emerge. All right? You need, you need to look at your situation and begin to look back for a moment before you move forward. Go back far enough till you see the truth emerge because we want to reconcile our lives with that truth. Whether that truth hurts or not, we want to recognize it and reconcile our lives. The problem is we don't do that when we're frustrated about things. We allow ourselves to get locked into a new reality, and it causes us to stay in its orbit. It causes us to stay in its control. Now, so far, it's kind of like, sounds like I'm preaching just about frustrations with people, but I'm not saying that. It could be that you have, in the first service, and I really felt that was you know, just something that the Lord popped in my mind in the first service, and I'm going to say it again in this service. It could be that you're without child, and you've tried and tried and tried, and you're angry at the Lord. God, I don't understand. And so your new reality is God doesn't care, or God cares more about other families than he cares about me. Or what is my spouse doing wrong? Or what am I doing wrong? It's like some, some new reality that the enemy would love for you just to get into a cycle of regret. And so I'm not just saying when it comes to just relationships. I'm saying any regret or any kind of relational thing that's causing you that tension, we can create a new reality. And that just begins to own us. And you know what? When it comes, I will be honest, when it comes to relationships, usually you fuel it more than it's even existent. I know what they think. I know they're thinking this now. I bet they're doing this. I bet they're doing that. And they're not. My pastor used to always say, most things like that will crumble upon the weight of themselves if you just stand back. Just stand back and let it crumble, you know? Oh, but it's hard to do that when we are feeding it, creating this new reality. And so what we need to do is we need to go back far enough until we can see the truth emerge, all right? And, and, and for the instance of maybe struggling with God's faithfulness is we start to look back and we start to go, oh, God, I do see your faithfulness. I know your word says it, but I've seen you faithful here and here and here. And you start to remind yourselves of the faithfulness of God. And even though right now, for whatever reason, you're not walking in what you want and you're regretting some of that, you're starting to realize, God, you're still good. You're still faithful, it starts to shape your reality to be able to walk into what's next for you in your life. Now, when it comes to forgiveness issues, the truth might be that you need to ask for forgiveness. You may go back and realize, I have wronged this person, and I need to ask for forgiveness. Or you, the truth might be, I need to offer forgiveness, all right? So as we look back to see the truth emerge, then we can reconcile that in two ways. Number one, we can own where we've missed it ourselves, all right? So we own, too many are stuck in the revolving door of delusion when it comes to us doing things wrong. And the reason why is because your mama raised you thinking you can do no wrong and you believed it, right? And so we start to look back to truth. We start to say, yeah, I might have been a little bit 
wrong. No, no, no. Mama says. But you know what your heavenly father says? He knows you're wrong. And you know how I know that? Because he says, when you start to come and pray to me, start this way. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, forgive us our debts. You start, your daddy knows, right? Your daddy knows. Mama may have lied to herself and you, but daddy knows. And he says, start there. Start to own it for yourself. Have I missed something? Forgive me, Lord, my debts. Where have I missed it, right? And so you go back far enough until you see the truth emerge, and you realize, I have been wrong. When that happens, you need to move into forgiveness. We'll talk about that in a moment, all right? The other side of it is you go back far, far enough to see where truth emerge, emerges, and you realize, oh, my gosh, it is them. They've done this injustice. They've done this wrong deed. But guess what? You release others. That's the second part. You own where you missed it. The second part of this, you release others from owning where they missed it. That's heavy. But Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. So those who are already in wrongdoing. But, but Ross, you understand, I need to seek justice. Everybody needs to know what they have done to me. Everybody need, They need to be held accountable. How many ever felt like that before? Now, I'm not saying like the justice system isn't, we need legalities and justice. I get that. But I'm just saying that, that wrongdoing, you know what? Sometimes people, they're not going to reconcile. No matter how hard you try, you want it to be a reconciliation, but they're not going to, you know? So how do you handle that? You release them anyways. You, you in that moment decide that they don't owe you anything. And you know why that's so important? Because that's how Jesus is. In that while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. Aren't you glad that he didn't look at you and say, yeah, but they're still living this life. They're still doing that. They're still, they're still. No, no. In that while you were a sinner, he said, I'm going to die for you. Isn't that awesome? He took the justice upon himself in that moment. And so what I mean by that is this. I'm going to put this on the screen, so just kind of read it while I, while I read it. Our forgiveness of people is not predicated on their repentance, but rather on our willingness to release them from our judgments against them. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes what you need to do is you need to show people, if you will, to the emotional door. Both people and emotions. You have feelings that you just need to go, you know what? There's the door. Everybody say that. There's the door. All right? My feelings. Well, I feel, I feel regret. I feel frustrated that this hasn't happened. You know what? There's the door. There's the door. You know? And, and um, I, I, can remember, I can remember years ago being frustrated, seeing a couple pastors that I knew, acquaintances, and their churches were just blowing up. Like literally a thousand people in three years, both of these churches. But the pastors ended up losing their marriages and made horrible decisions, you know? And me going, but God, we're doing it right over here. Why aren't we thousands? And holding on to that. Not saying I was bitter to myself, but bitterness was starting between me and the Lord. God, I don't get this, I don't understand. Man, I'm so glad the way things have worked out the last 16 years. God had a plan, amen? I'm so glad the, the relationship I have with my wife, because when things were slow here, I leaned into her. God knew what was going on, amen? 
And so those emotions would rise up, and I had to say to those emotions, there's the door. That, that is stinking thinking, as they say. There's the door to those emotions. There's the door. I'm not going to stay in this cycle any longer. Amen? Sometimes it's, it's when it comes to people in your life. And, and, and you, have to, you have to just, you know what? I forgive fully. There's the door. And, and this, this next thing, Amy was in the first service, and I ran this by her yesterday, and she said, oh, you've got to say that. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, you have to. And I'm like, okay, it'll be your fault. <laughs> so there's times you need to look at a situation. Like, there's a door. It's kind of fierce, right? And you need to look at a situation and just be like, now, now hold on. I don't want to hurt nobody, okay? But just, but I'm going somewhere with this. You just got to look and go, F you. You know you want to say that to some people. There's some people you're thinking right now. You know, actually, I said that a couple days ago. No. Well, pastor, what do you mean? There's the door. F you. You know what? I'm reconciling right now. Forgive you. See? See how that worked? Forgive you. But what if, what if they still act ugly? You know what? Free you. Free. Free you. I'm not going to allow it to lock me into, you see what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying that, that there's times where we just need to, you know, I forgive them. And then that's that. I free them. That's that. Amen? Hmm. Amen. <laughs> and, and I ended up having the opportunity to experience some tension again. And, you know, a little while back, and literally, and, and you guys are going to realize how human your pastor is. I leaned over to Amy. This is during worship. This is a while back. I leaned over to Amy, and I was just like, I was like, I'm seeing myself going out and choking this person. <laughs> this is during worship, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I want to choke this person. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're so good, God. You're so faithful. I love you. I want to choke this person. God, you're so wonderful. I can't believe this person's doing this to me. God, you're so, I've been that person every time that person needs me. I, I, I've done this for that person. I've done that for, but God, hallelujah. I want to choke this person. I could literally, in my, I could picture it in my eyes, in my head, like in my, and Amy's like, don't leave worship. Like, stay here. She's grabbed my hand. Don't you go outside, you know. Just being honest, that's where my emotions were. But you know what? What kept me in my first battle dealing with issues like this, kept me bound for a long time. You know, man, this time I was able, you know what? I forgive. I got too much to do for the kingdom to get wrapped into a, a, a revolving door cycle. That person may think I'm Satan the rest of my life, but you know what? I don't care. I've, I've got too much I got to do. See what I'm saying? So I did look at the truth. Where's it at? I reconciled that and I used the keys and I stepped out of that thing. Amen. There's the door. I free you. I forgive you. And I've went on. Amen? And um, it's crazy, though, how the enemy works. Going through some stuff the last few months, and you're going to be like, man, pastor's always going through stuff. You should be going through stuff. Amen? That's called growth and development. If you think you've arrived, it's just because you're living blind. Amen? So I'm going through some stuff the last few months, and God is my witness. Last week, I had a dream, and that person I wanted to choke was in my dream. 
It wasn't like, bless you, pastor, praying for you. No, it was there mocking me, mocking me, mocking me. You know, that was just the torment of the enemy. I'm not saying that person's the enemy. That person's a brother in the Lord. That person's a brother in the Lord. Made some bad choices, some bad decisions, but that's a brother in the Lord. I'm not saying that the enemy was using it in my head. Amen? But you know what? We got up in the morning. Where's that doorway? I'm stepping out. I'm reconciling. God, it's under the blood. It's taken care of. I forgave that a long time ago. Amen? Amen. So here's the thing. There's power in that. Forgiveness helps us get out of the revolving door of regret and revenge. That's power. The power to bind and to loose. The power to open and to close. That's power. Everybody say, there's the door. door. That's power when you're not just locked into that, but you're looking for the door. You're, You're looking for it. And here's what I want to get back to, and I'm going to close with this. That Greek word, loose, luo, luo, the last definition was to do away with, and I love this, to deprive of authority. Why was I allowing my dreams, if you will, why was that starting to get back up into my, because I was starting to give authority to the thoughts of the world, the thoughts of the enemy. I was starting to go into a season of frustration about some things, and the enemy loves that. And he'll throw all the past and all this and all that and bring it all to bear upon you. Why? So that you get locked in that revolving door again. But you know what? I want to deprive the authority. I want to loose. I want to deprive the authority of those thoughts in my life. I want you to deprive the authority of that negativity, of that, 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 that revenge, of that, that regret. Deprive its authority over your thought life. Amen? Does that make sense? Do away with that authority. And here's a beautiful example. In Acts 7, 54, it says, Now when they had heard these things, these are the spiritual leaders of the day. And what they just heard was Stephen preach a gospel message. Preach, preach. He's doing right. Stephen's doing right. He's preaching the word of the Lord. He's doing good. And they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven, and he saw the glory of God standing there at the right hand of the Father, And he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Isn't that awesome? I'm going through this. They're coming up against me. But all I can see is the glory of heaven. I'm going through this, but I'm getting my eyes on Jesus. I'm going through this, but I'm feeling full of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that neat? I think he knew what was about to come. But he was setting himself up. He wasn't setting himself up to be locked in. He was step, setting himself up to step through that doorway into what was next for him. Here's the thing. He's doing it all right. But guess what happens? He's doing it all right. I see the heavens open. I see the Son of Man stand at the right hand of God. Verse 57. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and they rushed together at him. But he's doing it all right. I know. Then they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. In this moment, he knows this is the end. He is dying. He knows this is it. This is over. In that moment, he didn't cry out, give them justice. He didn't cry out, but I'm doing your will, God. Why this? And turn bitterness toward his father. Why are you allowing this to happen to me, God? All I'm doing is preaching your word. Why is this happening to me? 
All I'm doing is working my nine to five, being faithful. Why is my wife doing this to me? Or why are my kids doing that to me? Or why is my boss doing it? I'm just trying. Have you ever been there before? He's doing it all right. And he cries out. And he's ready to give his spirit up. He's, he's dying. He knows it. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. That's, that's powerful. A Sunday school teacher answer might be, well, wasn't that sweet of him? No, no, no. I'll tell you what that was. That was power. That was authority. That was a man who knew he had keys that he could open and close, bind and loose. And in that moment, he knew he had opened up something, a word, a message that would go forth that we're still a part of today. But also in that moment, his faithfulness, he knew a heaven was opening to him, and he was going to walk in the fullness of the glory of God. For some of you, you will at some point walk in the fullness of his glory over there. But man, God has some of you, he's wanting you to get this right. Why? Because the door is going to open to the fullness of his glory right here. Right into what's next for you. If you can get yourself out of this revolving door of regret and revenge. He's got some great things. He wants you to see him in the midst of your stuff. He wants to see him, see, he wants you to see the Holy Spirit filling you and God's glory showing up in the midst of what you're going through as you step out. Amen. Amen. It wasn't sweet of him, it was powerful of him. And so, in a sense, you're taking that authority over your mind and you're saying, there's the door. I know I'm not going to stay locked in this. There's the door. I know how to get out of this. I'm going to walk out in forgiveness. I'm going to walk out understanding what really is truth. Amen? So is it possible, when you see this, is it possible that Stephen and those words of forgiveness that, that were spoken, is it possible that those were words that literally began to loose Saul and lead him to salvation? What do you mean, Ross? Two chapters later, Acts 9, you see a man by the name of Saul on the road to Damascus. And Jesus, in a, like in a Christophany, Jesus showing up in person, comes and he gets knocked off the horse. And, and Jesus says to him, why are you kicking against the goads? Like, why are you fighting me, Saul? Most theologians believe the Saul that these men laid their garments at his feet was Paul himself. Amen. And in verse 60, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when they had said this, he fell asleep. He died. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1, the very next statement. And Saul approved of his execution. But here's the thing. He cried that out in that moment. I really believe when it came to Saul that the power of forgiveness that he saw in that moment was something that began to loose a work of God in his life. Amen? And, and, and I believe that that, that, that was something that, that, that I've never seen anything like this before. These people I keep attacking and they keep loving. These people I keep going against and they keep coming with positivity. These people I keep going against and all they keep doing is pointing to this Jesus. That's all they keep doing is moving in, in the things. I see God's glory around them. I don't even understand it, but is that neat? There's something about when we have forgiveness, both of the regrets in our life. God, I forgive. I know we don't have to forgive God, but that sense. God, I don't, I don't understand why I want to hold that against you. I'm not holding that against you anymore, Lord. I know you're faithful. God, I forgive that person. I know. I, I, Lord, 
if they accept it or not. I, 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 but I release them. And in doing so, a partnership comes between you and God. And I, and I know we can think God will do it all by himself. God will do it. Well, yes, but he's going to do it through you. Stephen had to preach that message to those people. You know? Jesus had to go to a cross to die. Those decisions that we make, God partners with those decisions when they're made by his spirit. And then things great manifest. And in this we see that Saul came to salvation. Saul ends up writing a third of the Old Testament. You know, two-thirds of the, Old, of the New Testament, a third of the whole Bible. Amazing. Why? Because somebody like Stephen made a decision to forgive. Amen? So what I want you to do is let's stand to our feet. If you right now, there's a regret that you're holding on. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I just want you to get that in your mind. I'm holding on to this regret, and I have tension with the Lord regarding this. Or with people, I'm frustrated with this regret that I have. I want you to have that in your heart right now as we go to prayer. And then the second thing is if there is somebody right now that you've been struggling with relationally, and you need to release them, you need to forgive them, I want you to have all that in your heart right now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, and at the end of my prayer, your declaration of faith, that you're going to walk through that door. You're, you're not going to keep in this cycle, but you're going to walk forward looking at truth and reconciling what you own and what others should own, but you release them anyhow, okay? You're going to walk with that authority that you have, the keys that you have to open that door and walk out. If that's a declaration you want to make, when I say amen, I want you to shout as loud as you can, there's the door, amen? And I'm believing that some anointing of God, something's going to happen. When you declare there's the door, man, like freedom is going to come to you, amen? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those that are here, that, Lord, there are regrets. I so understand that. I thank you for healing in my life, Jesus, in those things I, I really held against you. Lord God, for my friends that are struggling with some regrets, would you come and minister to them today as they release those things to you, Jesus? Father, for those that do have some, some relationships that are strained, just at times stir them up to them. Almost they can't even think. They're so frustrated. Lord God, would you give them that courage to forgive without wanting anything back? Give them that anointing. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Let Jesus be seen in them. Let them get a glimpse of heaven and let your glory shine in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that was weak. I said amen. I said amen. I said amen. Yeah, there's the door. Give God some praise. Amen. For this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.